It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about program by design by uh, a coach here who's been writing that series for us on our blogs and has done a few podcasts with us. And that's the head football coach at St. Charles North in Illinois, Rob Pomazak. Rob, great to have you here on the podcast. Keith, thanks for having me on again. It's always a ton of fun to spend some time with you. Well, Rob, we talk about that program by design and there's actually uh, nothing right now that feels like it is by design. We have uh, constantly been shifting and changing and adjusting and dealing with some adversity. I guess right now that's a big part of this, trying to account for all those things that we're going to have to navigate as we get through this uh, time of shutdowns and viruses and all the different things we've been facing here in our country. Yeah, I think it's it's rare, obviously, to have a, a situation where it's kind of a blank chapter that you know, not nobody's really gone through where, you know, our season in Illinois has been moved to the spring. So uh, to add on to the, you know, the complexity of the virus and, and then having your season moved uh, is something that, like you said, I think the key word is how, you gonna, how are you going to navigate it and how are you going to still maintain your program and still be able to uphold your program's mission, vision, and purpose when everything else seems so chaotic? How can you be that horizon line for your kids and your parents and and your staff. I know one of the things, and, and we talked back in, I believe it was April, about just some adjustments to make to uh, have your players getting ready for the season while they were away from you. And, you know, at this point, they've not really come back. And then at that time, I think everybody pointed towards this fall for our kids. You know, that was the hope we're going to get back out on the field. Uh, everybody believed that. And, and yet here we are. Um, you know, in middle of August, and uh, I think there's 15 states that now have kicked things to spring, and uh, there's still a lot that hangs in the balance. So how have you been able to deal with that shift with your players? Because I know that's just something that, that is emotional. We have, you know, three football players here in our house, and it's just kind of been, you know, sitting on pins and needles here waiting for what was going to happen. And, you know, especially with two seniors, uh, some of that has has been kind of tough to deal with it. But as the head coach, how have you dealt with some of those things in your program? Well, I think you you know that you're kind of, we're kind of dealing with two two different problems under the same umbrella. You have the problem of the pandemic, which is you know creating all of this uncertainty 
and adversity. And then you have the, 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 the subject part of it, which is the football season. And, you know, in the state of Illinois, we were pushed back. Our camps were pushed back. We usually get 25 days of camp and we got pushed back through July. And we only ended up having, I think, 10 days of camp. And that was, you know, using social distance and practice. And so I think our kids and our parents have kind of felt like, you know, a punching bag where they've kind of had just negative news and negative news. And so I think we have to just em- embrace the complexity of the situation that we're going through. It, it's, it's unprecedented. And you have to have a level of compassion for your, your, your key stakeholders that are in your program uh, from staff down to parent, because, you know, I, I was having a conversation with a fellow coach and, you know, they're like, you, you must be so stressed. I'm like, I, I'm stressed, but not as stressed as my, as my, my senior parents and my senior players, I'm going to get to coach again. You know, I'll be coaching and, you know, God willing and in 2021 and 2022, but these seniors who are really fighting for their opportunity to play at the next level, they're the ones who really need the support. So I just want to be a voice of reason to everybody and, and say, it's okay to feel the way you're feeling. You know, everybody's kind of going through those stages of grief where you deny it. And then there's anger and people start to bargain and, you know, there's some, a lot of depression going on and, and eventually we have to accept the situation that we've been in. And for me as the head coach, I kind of needed to go through those stages a little bit quicker than everybody else, because I need to be the one who's going to accept the situation and get us through it. And, uh, you know, that's a very slippery slope because it, it's, it's like, again, it's complex and there's a lot of angles to that. As, as you faced all of those issues and, you know, especially dealing with your seniors, I think that's a great point, right? The, f- for them, most of them, there is, this is it, right? I know mm-hmm. it's funny, you know, my son, he's going to play college baseball, has, has a few college baseball offers. Now, that's always been his goal. When I asked him, you know, it was middle of the summer and we're in the thick of baseball, I said, you know, Aiden, if, if I told you right now you had to lose your senior season of baseball or your senior season of football, which would it be? And he said, baseball because I'm never going to play football again. This is the, the last time. And I think, you know, that's what we forget in this, this day and age of we see all these guys on Twitter and you know, on social media and everything gets hyped up about all these guys who go on to play. But that's only like 3% of, of the, the high school football players in the country go on to play at any level of, of college football. Uh, most of these guys, this is it. But it is you and I know this, and, and everybody on this podcast listening knows this, that it, it is a life-forming experience. The lessons you learn from this, um, you know, are, are invaluable. And, you know, I've seen comments on social media from, from people who I don't think get that uh, in athletics that, oh, well, you know, it's a good lesson in adversity. And, and my thought is, you know, that may be true, but... We're, if that's all they get out of this, I mean, they're still losing quite a bit. And I'm sure, you know, that probably is what causes a lot of this anxiety. H- have you seen any guys or experienced with any guys, I guess, um, because there have been all these changes, and like you said, they've kind of felt like they're taking a lot of punches, but the point where they're maybe giving up hope a little bit or have drifted away? You know, we've been fortunate that we we haven't seen that. Now that's, you know, behind closed doors and the conversations that they're having with mom and dad, I, I can't say, but, you know, I, the conversations I've had with our players is, has been pretty positive. You know, we, we've never really talked about there not being a football season. We, we've talked about the season being moved. 
we talked about not playing in the fall, but we have not, you know, I have told them repeatedly that we are going to prepare for our first game whenever that's going to be. And I just felt like my job in all of this is just to, you know, kind of give them a little bit more control because I think we all feel like right now everything is out of our hands. And I, I wanted our kids to find a little balance and a little bit of control within our program. And so we were able to sustain a virtual program through June. And I just, our kids were just, we have great leadership and our, our kids were just fantastic. And then the fortunateness, we were able to get on the field in July for 10 days. And that was the carrot that everybody needed because it just kind of reignited that passion because we got to do football things and forget about the game. And it, there was a point within those 10 days where it just felt normal again, where those little problems are the big problems again, as opposed to these, you know, monumental issues that we're dealing with outside of the field. And so we kind of embraced all that. And to get the football season moved back, we, we really talked about that prior to. We said, how are we going to handle this? What's our response going to be? And immediately when that news came out, I wanted to be the first person that they saw on their social media thread or on our Google Classroom who had a plan for them. Because I think that's what we all want is, okay, we've been dealt with another blow. What are we going to do? And I wanted our kids to see that we have a solid plan in place. And here's what the next three weeks are going to look like. Here's what the next six weeks are going to look like. And here's what the next four months are going to look like until we kick off in, in March. And, you know, I've been very proud of our kids. You know, they've handled themselves unbelievably, probably way better than I ever, ever could. I, I commend you for being, you know, the leadership you're showing and getting on the you know, social media right away and out in front of it. Uh, you know, without, I guess, going into the details of it right now, what was that message and, and plan you gave to those guys to, I guess, to pivot at that point and keep things moving forward? I, the, the biggest message I talked about was just trying to find, you know, finding the positives in this because we, we can always look at the negatives and it's so easy for us to do that. But I wanted them to see that there there are some real positives to moving the season. We get another six to seven months of player development. I talked about how we're going to develop you, you know, physically, mentally, tactically, and technically, you know, how good can you get in the next six to seven months? We talked about the ability to gain more numbers, you know, the opportunity to recruit players within our own building, um, the opportunity to mentor our freshmen. This is the first time in my experience where our freshmen get six to seven months of being a student before they get in. And so, Physically, they'll be different people. And then also mentally, they're going to be different. And I, I think our seniors sometimes miss out on that opportunity to really mentor those incoming freshmen because the season goes so quickly in the first semester. And then once the season ends, those kids are transitioning into their next sport or graduating and they miss out on that. So that was my overall message was just how can we take this and use it as a positive when everybody else is telling you that it's a negative. I know when I first asked you, if, you know, you had a plan heading for spring, you know, the answer was yes, definitely fairly detailed, but you have to be fluid and, and ready to pivot, you know, as, as you look at that and having learned from, you know, everybody was really pushing hard towards this August date. Now those things started to change almost immediately in the summer, but, you know, at least for the first few months, that was the focus, I guess, how do you view being able to, I guess, keep that even keel with, um, I guess, with the idea that in the future, you know, you may still have to adjust again. Well, I mean, it's my biggest thing is just, I think we, I, if I've learned one thing throughout this whole, 
this whole uh, pandemic is that I, I am not in control. And as much as I want to plan for the future, you really have to take it day by day because logistics and decisions are being made by the minute, both as an educator and both as a, as a, a coach, that we have to be fluid and we have to write everything in pencil. So I just want to you know, reiterate to our kids and our parents that we have to be patient with the process. Like we, we cannot put the cart before the horse. We, we're going to have a plan in place, but it's subject to change at the drop of a hat. It, it could also change for the better. You know, instead of always thinking things are going to change for the worse, well, maybe it changes for the better and we get a better opportunity um, to, to develop our program. And so for me, it's, okay, what do I need to get done today? And how can we keep the, the arrows pointing in the right direction on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour, minute-to-minute basis? And I don't really look much past the week at this particular juncture. I plan for the week and I leave the next week blank because I just don't know what's going to come up on, you know, throughout that week. I know we started talking long before this about the digital resources you were creating for your program. And, you know, at that time, I think when we first talked about it, this this wasn't even something in our imagination that something like this would happen where you were all digital, all virtual. But, um, you know, I think that's put you in a good spot, at least in in moving into this and keeping your team uh, moving forward as you look at you know, the coming months and getting these guys to spring and probably now looking at, you know, with what's going to happen in school, being virtual, maybe going then to a hybrid and eventually getting, hopefully getting kids back in the classroom. Um, again, kind of those same parameters, maybe with your athletes. How have you looked at the, the way you're continuing to evolve your digital resources for your players and your coaches? You know, like you said, I think we were fortunate that we had, uh, you know, a, a good digital footprint to begin with. Um, so we're just going to continue on with, with what we've been doing, but we learned a lot throughout the summer on how we want to go about using the virtual meetings and, and what's the threshold for kids and, you know, how do we keep it interactive? How do we keep it fun? And so that was, that was a real learning experience for me as an educator and as a coach, because what we did in the early June was different than what we did yesterday. Like we had a virtual check-in yesterday and, you know, it, it's always an opportunity to, to kind of tweak and modify. Um, but we're going to continue to have our, our virtual film sessions. We're going to have one-on-one development sessions. Uh, I'm going to be using Google Meet to have our fall meetings with our kids and just kind of let them know where they stand and give them an individualized three-month plan. Uh, all of those different ways that we can connect, uh, you know, on the screen is important. Um but then we're going to be fortunate, I hope, that we, you know, the, the state has allowed us potentially 20 contact days in fall. So we can use those as like a, a ver- uh, as a camp. So we can be face-to-face but non-contact. So if we're, if we're fortunate enough to get those dates, those are going to be like gold because that's going to give us the physical connection that we're going to be lacking. Um, but I also have to prepare, going back to our last, the, the last question was, you know, we have to prepare to not have those. If things get worse and we're not able to meet, how do we how do we navigate through those rough waters? And you know, at that point, we'd have to sit down as a staff, and you know, I would sit down with my players and say, what do you need at this point for us to be successful? Uh, because they, you know, the climate has changed. So, you know, to answer that off the bat is difficult. But um, what we've done is just try to create a, a a calendar of events that keeps the kids engaged, both physically with training, uh, mentally with uh, mindset training and playbook. And then technically, we'll give them 
skill work to do uh, on their own. And then tactically, I really told them tactically, I just want them to develop the best school plan that they can going into the next three weeks. I don't really want them thinking anything much more than how can I be the most successful online student that I can be? Because a lot of our kids have ex executive functioning uh, deficits and planning and organization and time management is hard enough to do when you're face to face, let alone when you're gonna be expected to be virtual for eight hours a day, five days a week. So I just wanna be a resource for them so that they can successfully get through this part of their of their life like this is more than just football this is literally a very very critical part of their development as an adult in, in looking at the the virtual side of things you know it's it's funny because what six seven months ago not everybody knew who knew what zoom was i have been using it with with some players <laughs> for a while and some coaches but um, no, not only is everybody familiar with Zoom now, but the word or the phrase I've been hearing a lot actually frequently, and I think it's uh, used in a lot of different ways, is Zoom fatigue, right? Like, uh, in, especially, I, I think, you know, coaches certainly have done that to themselves. Initially, it was this frenzy of uh, Zoom clinics and everybody getting online kind of just to fill our time. Uh, then we've done that with our players, you know, done it with our coaching staffs, done it with our teaching staffs. And uh, how do you deal with that? How do you combat some of that to, to keep it from feeling monotonous? You know, I mean, there is part of it that can feel impersonal because you are not in the same room. But dealing with that, uh, that idea of, you know, what now has become called Zoom fatigue. Yeah. I mean, we, we really tried, we, we had, we had that as an issue because we were going four days a week in June. And then as we got to July and we thought we were supposed to be having camp uh, face to face and that got pushed back for not one, not two, but then a third week, we actually tapered off on the virtual meetings. We went from a, a three day a week to a two day a week. And then finally that last week, it was just a check-in because at that point it was more about their mental well-being and how are they handling this constant deflating of the balloon, so to speak, and um, just kind of letting them recharge for it. And I think that's something that we always have to tread on is, you know, how much can they be in front of a screen? And the way I just ask them, you know, I'll let, we have, a, I'll ask our key stakeholders, uh, our seniors, you know, we have a group of great senior leadership and I'll ask them how they're feeling. And then as a coach, you just got to know when enough is enough. I mean, I, I think I had a film session planned uh, last week and we had just concluded camp and I'm sitting at home and I'm like, you know, I don't really want to do the film session. Like me personally, me personally, I wasn't that excited about it. And I'm like, if I'm not excited about it, then they're not excited about it. So I canceled it, you know, and I just, it's, it, you'll live, you'll be okay. Getting, not having a film session and everybody will come back a little bit more energetic. Yeah. I think in, in using this as something that's always the, the technical, the strategic, the execution part of your program um, I think you got to remember to make sure you have that personal touch with it. I, I'd say there's two meetings I, I look forward to, you know, with uh, everybody now at USA Football's remote, uh, nobody in the office, but, you know, our, our education team has just a huddle. We call it our huddle, and it's every Tuesday morning and Thursday morning. Uh, 9.15 for 45 minutes and one person's in charge of it and we start with uh, just a question of the day and they're always they, they have nothing to do with 
you know, football, they're kind of just off the wall, get you think, get you to learn about that person kind of things. And then we'll touch base on any of our issues. We always leave space for, you know, anything on your heart or mind right now, which could be something directly related to the job or not. And a lot of great things come out of that. And then, you know, last, we always just talk about kind of a mission focused thing. Why, why do we do what we do? And one person shares that. And it's a, just a very simple format, but it's really, I think, given our team, that connection at a time where, you know, I'm used to it. I've, I've figured out how to work virtually. I've done it now for over three years. I, I actually had done it, oh man, way back in my late twenties, I was working for a manufacturing company and uh, tore my Achilles and couldn't drive. So I, I learned how to work virtual then and I've done it since, but like that's probably been some of the most effective things I've seen where that meeting very little is about actually the job and it's more about the, the people. So I would suggest, you know, looking at maybe those kinds of check-ins too, just especially if these guys are remote uh, and, you know, yeah. you, I know you're, you told me you're, you're sitting at, at school, you know, the whole day and, you know, you, you're in your room, you can't leave your room and, you know, there is no connection there. So trying to find ways to use it virtually to keep that connection, I think is important. Oh, no, no question. I think one of the fun one of the better things we did is I put in a, a virtual wheel spinner and I had questions on there that you know I would pick a kid and you could spin the wheel virtually and a question would pop up and they were not football related questions they were just questions about you know anything other than football that would give us a little bit more information about the kid and they would just they would answer that question and then they would uh, pick another player and that just sparked a lot of really good conversation uh, it allowed us to get to know each other a little bit better. Now, if there's 100 kids on that meeting, it's hard to get to everybody. But, you know, we try to keep track of who we're, who we're talking to and trying to pick the guys who maybe don't, you know, who don't get talked to quite a bit. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's a real challenge. But I do think you have to have those moments of where you're just talking about anything other than football and just how are you doing? You know, those general check-ins because, you can lose focus. And as a football coach, we tend to do that. We tend to lose focus on the, the person behind the helmet. And, and that's why for us in our program, it really has to be people over players. And in this day and age where we are going to be virtual and the connection of physical contact is gone, we can't ever lose that. And, and so for me, that's what this fall, these fall meetings are, these fall check-ins. It's just a chance to talk individually with a player for 10 to 15 minutes about anything they want. And at least I can feel like I have at least a little bit of a pulse of how they're doing um, as a person, uh, but I'm always looking to get better. So those are great ideas. So I know a big part of what you do is, is your four quarter development. And we talked a little bit about, you know, that shift uh, as, as you've been faced with, with new ways to uh, engage your team, but talk to us a little bit about uh, that shift in the four four quarter development program you have? Well, so it, it, the four quarter development is, is basically just built off a business model of, of you, you divide the year into four quarters. I know a lot of programs do that. And so now, you know, we were ending the third quarter going into August and now it seems like we have a, an added quarter built in. So how do we, how do we effectively use that to the best of our ability? And so we've kind of taken that quarter and broke it into two halves and the next three to four weeks, we're just really calling a micro cycle and the development aspect physically is just going to be just general mobility, um, recovery, prehabilitation, um, kind of prepping them for the next four weeks, which is going to be a little bit more intense of a strength cycle. 
Um, our speed training, we'll, we'll stay with our speed training as best as we can virtually where kids will get out and do that on their own. Because, you know, I think everybody knows that you, you can get away from strength for a little bit, but speed is the first thing that goes. Um, from a tactical standpoint, I said that we really want to focus the next four weeks on, on becoming the best student we can be. And then as we move into those potential contact days, we're going to really look at our on-field communication skills, nonverbal and verbal skills. Uh, we struggled with that last year, so that's been a big point of emphasis for us is how can we communicate more effectively on the field in crunch time. Uh, and then technically, uh, this is a great opportunity. We ran the last two days of camp, we ran like an NFL combine. It served two purposes. It allowed me to get current film on my 2021 seniors and compile that so I can get it out to colleges. But it's also given me an opportunity to really see how my players move athletically uh, one by one. And so that's giving me a great opportunity to have some one-on-one -on -one conversations, some film sessions, and then also when we get together, and have non-contact drill work, we can really start to individualize and differentiate their work together so that they can improve. Um, and then mentally, uh, it's again, expanding the playbook. Like we had not put everything in, uh, in those 10 days. So we're gonna expand those playbooks and we're actually gonna start to game plan. Uh, we're, we, they're potentially giving us seven games in the spring. And so we're gonna take each week and use it as a soft game planning model for each of those seven conference games that we hopefully will get to play. So that it kind of gives our kids a feel of uh, fall football. Um, and then, you know, it's just really trying to give them that mental edge so that they can prepare a little bit more. Um, so it's just kind of ever evolving. And uh, as we get out of October and we enter what would be our normal off season, um, that's when I really got to get back to the drawing board and, and see how do we effectively prepare in the winter for a spring season? Cause I've never done that before. You know, usually it's, you know, close the doors, batten down the hatches and let's just put on some math and let's first recover from the trauma of the season. And then let's start getting in and, and, you know, get into our program. But now we have to kind of reevaluate that. And, uh, you know, that's when I, I rely on my staff and, and our strength and conditioning coach, and we kind of get in and see where we're going to go from there. Um, and all of those quadrants are going to have to be reevaluated to see, you know, what, what kind of gains did we make in the, in the fall and where do we, where are our deficits uh, moving into the season? You mentioned doing the, the combine and taking care of, you know, your seniors as far as recruiting. Um, that becomes a challenge right now. There certainly are those guys out there who, uh, the, you know, the colleges wanted to see senior film. And, you know, I, I would say this, first of all, I know, I know a lot of people have some anxiety over it. Uh, on the one hand, I'd, I would, I would tell you this because we're all coaches. The college coaches are going to figure it out. They're going to figure out a way they have, they have to bring players in. Uh, so I, I think, you know, while that might be, uh, an area that makes you know those senior players and parents who aspire to play in college anxious. I I do believe that the college coaches will figure that out, and I do believe some of the work you're doing, uh, as you said, getting that film out, getting some things together with the combine is going to help. But for you, what are other things you focused on in terms of the recruiting aspect of this? Well, I, first, just kind of finding out you know the circumstances that my players were in, those that want to play at the next level, just kind of keeping track of the, their current recruiting situation um, and, and a lot of conversations with, with mom and dad, uh, probably more so than with the player, because I think the players are a little bit calmer with that than maybe mom and dad are, because, 
you know, as parents, we're so protective and we see the bigger picture a lot of the time. So just kind of taking them through the steps that we're going to go through. I just had a player parent meeting a couple of days ago. And just, again, just kind of giving them an outline, a plan, just regaining control so that they feel like there's some support for them and that there's a plan in place for their son. Um, and so finding out the schools that they're interested in, finding out the schools that are already recruiting them, what offers do they have? I mean, we keep track of all of that. And, and then compiling this, you know, highlight film that we can then get out to the uh, colleges and, and probably doing it more in a targeted manner. Because I think right now, you know, in the 2021 class, if you weren't a early on uh, scholarship offer, that, that's going to be difficult. So we kind of got to reevaluate some of the schools and find out where we're at. Um, and then just really kind of use the network that we've developed as a program to kind of get that out to college coaches. And I've also spent a lot of time talking with as many college coaches as I can. And, and like you said, just finding out what their plan is going to be. And, and they do have a plan. You know, they're, they do this for a living and they know they have to continue to bring in talent. And it's not going to look the same as it did before, um, but it, they're going to bring in those athletes. And then I think the biggest thing is always just reminding the parents and the players that you know, maybe the area that the, the schools that are recruiting them are the right schools. We always want, you know, that SBS Big Ten offer, but a lot of the times that's maybe not that going to happen. And so we have to look at the schools who have showed interest and academically do they fit our needs and then just kind of reeling that in a little bit uh, so that we can have a, a, a more finite viewpoint of what we're trying to do. Yeah, I think you hit on some very important points there. And, and I would agree. I think the kids right now have, I mean, they're much more <laughs> flexible than than we are as parents. <laughs> this is this is probably hitting us much much harder because we've all had our experiences of what those things that you know we did in our senior year, college, going into college, all those kinds of things. Our expectations of that, everything's kind of new to these kids anyway. So they they I think are dealing with it a lot better than. The parents, I know my kids really overall probably have dealt with it much better than I am, but uh, what, what kinds of things are you doing for support for the parents through this? Well, support wise, it's, you know, setting up any type of meetings, phone conversations, just to kind of gauge their level of anxiety or any concerns that they have. Um, I think the biggest thing that I can do is just reassuring them that the process is moving forward. We've been fortunate. Our guys are getting looked at. Our guys are getting offers, which is great. Um, I mean, everybody wants a little bit more, so we're going to now target it towards that next level. But then we also have to realize, be realistic that that next level offer might not be there until some of these seasons play out. And, we, you know, and they might not be there at all. So we always have to have our plans in place. Um, one thing that I've, I'm doing is, I, you know, I'm organizing a college recruiting night uh, virtually in the next two to three weeks uh, with a gentleman who is a local scout recruiter, not college recruiter, but scout. And just to kind of give them an idea of what the recruiting process looks like right now and camps that might be available in the coming months, because I think that's the biggest thing they're looking for is resources. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'm not the resource they're looking for. And I don't encourage them to go pay for resources. I want to bring in, you know, sound people who I trust, who I know are have the student athlete's best interest in mind and, and give them sound advice. I agree with that 100%. And I think to add on to that, I do think it's a time 
you know, all of this cannot lay on you or your coaching staff that ultimately if, if those players and their families have, have that goal together in mind to play at the next level, that uh, there's quite a bit of work they're going to need to do. And, and I could say this, you, you and I were just talking before we got going that you had listened to the podcast uh, with Kahari Hicks on navigating the recruiting process. And one of the things I emphasized again and again was the work you know, my son put into college baseball recruiting. This, this was, you know, this summer was essentially his summer to be seen and to get those offers. And typically college coaches don't see anybody play during high school baseball, but come June 1st, they're out there, uh, their assistants are out there seeing players actually play live. And it's, it's always been an important part for them. Well, as of right now, they're still in a dead period till August 31st. I don't know if that will be lifted in September or not, but we had to deal with and get creative with how are we going to, how are we going to get you seen, Aiden? Like we need to think about this and we had to take action. Uh, we had to, you know, it started with, you know, in the beginning, we didn't even know if we were going to get summer baseball. So we started filming every infield, every batting uh, session, all the things he would do. We, he arranged some, uh, some live BP with uh, some college pitchers. You know, he's, he's a junior going into his senior year, but found some guys who were freshman, sophomore, junior college pitchers and found a way to go against them. Actually, he even had an umpire come out to one game and ump it, but, <laughs> but got all that on film and just sent out emails, you know, trying to – his goal was – I told him, like, you're, you know, you're going to start sending out emails, you're going to get a form reply telling you to fill out a questionnaire. You're going to fill out a questionnaire – you got to keep emailing the coaches. So your goal is to get off the form emails where they start communicating, then get them to text, then get a phone call. And, yep. and you know, following that process, it, proceeds, it is a lot of work. I mean, my son would tell you, he's sending out 75 emails at the beginning of every single week, putting together, you know, I'd get all his video together and put it on the laptop, and then he would edit the clips he'd want and put it on his YouTube channel and send that out to coaches like, you have to be proactive. This is a time where if you think coach has the time to do it and he can do this for all his players, you know, you're, you're not giving all the help you need. So my, my advice is to encourage your parents. You know, uh, Kahari Hicks' book I think is a great resource. That podcast is a great resource. Um, you know, what you're doing with your, your uh, program in your area I think is huge. Uh, but – if you are a player or a parent right now, you're really going to have to approach this differently than it's ever been approached before. Oh, I totally agree. I think that's just sound advice for, for me and for anybody because it is, as a head coach, it is a lot of pressure and there's only so many hours in the day and you want these kids to all achieve the goal that they have. But, you know, as you, as you start to try to compile all of the highlight films and the cut-ups and break them all down, it, it can be it can be a daunting task. And so, I think that's a great, a great advice for anybody. At this point, we have to take whatever we can get. And so if players can go out and actively, you know, self-sell themselves, you know, and, and use, the, use the resources that we've given them. And, uh, and the parents, again, giving them the right way to do it is also important. And that's one thing that I want to stress with my parents is, you know, what's the right way to write a letter? What's the right way to contact? What happens after that contact? Um, how's the Twitter account of your son? Who's following your son? And from there, we start. We can start to build a fire or a little bit of smoke, and then hopefully a fire, and then go from there. But I think we have to lean on our parents in this point as head coaches to help assist with their son's 
recruiting process because I just don't think there's enough time or hours in the day at this particular point. No, and you have to look at what is the best use of, of you and your coaches. It's to be able to communicate with those coaches. So as they're going out and doing some of those things that I mentioned, and they're, they're able to get beyond that form email um, back from a coach or they get a coach on text, those start to become important things now that, you know, then they should engage you and say, hey, coach, I've, I'm hearing directly and communicating directly with this coach. Now you can give that coach a call or, or shoot him an email or a text and say, hey, I hear you've been talking to, you know, so-and-so. That's much better use of your time than you trying to do all the front-end work. You, you're much better making that connection, you know, saying that, yes, this is a guy you want to recruit. He fits in your program all those kinds of things rather than having to do the legwork as well. Because by the time it gets to, to you being able to, uh, to talk to some of those coaches about all these guys, it's, you're, you're just way behind in the process. I, I just wrote, I wrote it down because I think that's such great, great advice for even myself to be taking, because the one thing that we're missing in all this, that's good. You know, usually the, the game film is what is the front end work and the kids, the first thing they're going to go do is they're going to make their cut-ups and their highlights and then post it on social media. And so we kind of, we're missing that piece right now. So I think that's a great piece of advice is for us to take whatever film we can create for ourselves and, and substitute that for the game film. Because the biggest thing is that these kids as seniors to be, if they've done their job in development, they are the, their junior film should be obsolete because they should have been, the development should be so, so much different. So they've got to get this new film and these new cut-ups out to their coaches. Um, and I think that's a really, really sound advice that I'm going to use. <laughs> I'm glad we're having this conversation. Well, and if you do get those days in the spring, there's, there's 15 states right now out there who this affects directly. You get those days, I'm sorry, in the fall to, to work with these guys. Uh, I, I would think about what can we get on film that starts to show yeah. – the context because you know the the shuttle runs and all those things those are great but what can i do within drills within the the parameters i've been yeah. given by our state association what i'm allowed to do to start start to let me say that again to start to show in context how these guys are as football players and and so i think that's something you got to think about i mean what can you do if you haven't filmed practice if you don't film practice can you get a team of, of kids together, uh, whether that's, you know, kids, kids from the classroom with, I mean, this does not have to be expensive. The most cameras on, on your phones right now are plenty powerful enough to capture what you need, get those to a computer and, and be able to send those things out to coaches. So I'd say don't sit back. Don't, don't say, well, we don't have game film. There's nothing we can do. No, there's things you can do. You're going to have to be creative about it and think about it. And I hope, that's something you and I can continue to talk about here uh, as we progress through uh, this kickoff 2020 and, and looking at, we're going to continue on with this series, Program by Design, and, and talk with Coach Palmazak about just going through this process. Um, he's been gracious enough to agree with, to that and, and to kind of let us follow him through and be able to talk through some ideas here as we all go through an unprecedented time. So um, I appreciate that uh, you're going to let us do that. Uh, I, I, I appreciate the fact that you're giving me the opportunity to do that. And uh, it's always a learning experience when I get a chance to talk with you, Keith. And thanks for doing everything you do for football. Absolutely. Well, we gave you an overview here today. I know that we will dig into 
uh, plenty of these topics in much more deeper detail. Um, I would hope as you know, you and I can kick around some ideas of what can we do when we get those contact days, uh, whenever it might be, September, October, you know, whatever your state association might give you. Um, it's, uh, you know, by no means is, is this over for any of your guys. We're going to figure out a way to uh, make the most out of this season that's ahead for us in 2021. And Rob, I'm just excited that uh, you and I can talk about all these things along the way. Well, it's going to be fun. And, you know, if we can do anything, it's, it's just give people a, a source of hope and inspiration that there's going to be football in the coming year. Uh, well, we do want this to be an interactive series. And so uh, I want to make sure that you follow both of us on Twitter and ask questions there. We will address them in the podcast or give us ideas as well. We'd, we'd be glad to get you on the podcast and, and have us join in, in some of those discussions. Again, I'm at Coach K. Grabowski. Coach Pomazak is at Robert Pomazak, and Rob, you have a, a webpage now as well, a, a little bit of a blog slash portfolio where you put some of your writing together. If you would, please share that. Uh, yeah, so again, my, my Twitter handle is at Robert Pomazak, and the blog page is Robert Pomazak, FB, coaching by design, dot P as in Paul, B as in Barry, dot online. And I'll post that as a link on my social media account if people want to access it directly. Yeah, we'll put that in our, our show notes as well. Well, Rob, I'm, I'm excited, as I've said. Um, thank you again for your leadership here and uh, being able to not only lead your program, but step up for some other coaches as well. And as I said, I look forward to progressing through the fall with you here. Thanks, Keith. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. We're going to do everything we can here to help you get back on track, to stay on track, whatever the needs might be here in some unprecedented times. But our goal is to get these guys back out onto the field, have a great experience, and I know every single coach here continues to work on that. If I could direct you to some of our resources at USA Football, if you go to footballdevelopment.com and check out our systems for blocking, defeating blocks and tackling, I think you'll find a lot of great stuff there and programming to prepare yourself for spring kickoff if you're kickoff has moved to 2021 i think there's some great stuff there that's worth looking at in season as well especially with some of the demands of social distancing and check out all we're doing for the youth football side of things at fdm.usafootball.com fans going crazy for the boys of fall they didn't let just anybody in that club Took every ounce of heart and sweat and blood To get the way those game day jerseys down the hall The kings of the school, man, where the boys are fall Well, it's turning face to stars and stripes It's fighting back them butterflies It's calling in the air and it's knocking heads and talking trash it's slinging mud and dirt and grass it's i got your number i got your back when your back's against the wall you mess with one man you got a song the boys are falling